Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Maneater Digest. My name is Tess Howitz, and I'll be your host for this week. Hi, this is editor Anna Coletto popping in really quick just to let you know that due to weather in Colombia, we are recording virtually, and that's why the episode sounds a little bit different. Don't worry, we promise our content is just as great as ever. All right, back to Tess. We have two excellent guests with us today. First, opinion writer Tanner Smith will discuss his recent article about trusting the media in the face of misinformation. Can you give us the most current definition for fake news, Tanner? Yeah, well, uh, so there's no fully agreed upon definition of fake news, but fake news is typically defined as news that has been deliberately made up or altered in a way that typically pushes some sort of political or social agenda. Uh, How common is fake news? How can you tell between a well-researched story and a made-up one? While it's impossible to figure out exactly how common fake news is, it's definitely been increasing over the past couple of years. Um, According to the BBC, there are uh, hundreds of fake news websites out there, and this number has only increased over the past two presidential elections where they've been very prominent. Uh, And a good way to tell the difference between what is real news and what is fake is to ask yourself a couple of questions. First, is this information that I'm reading supported by other credible news sites? Uh, Second, does the site that I'm getting this information from have an incentive to lie to me? And third, does what I'm reading seem believable? Questions like these can help make sure that people are thinking critically about the news they take in. How do you feel the general public views the media? Um, Although trust has definitely declined in the last few years, I believe the majority of people still trust the media. Um, According to the Pew Research Center, 58% of Americans trust national news organizations. Well, that's down from 76% in 2016. There are still a lot of Americans that trust the national news. Who benefits in the mistrust of the media? So the people who stand the benefit from the most from creating mistrust in the media are the same people who are doing everything they can to demonize the media, and that's certain politicians. Uh, President Trump, uh, whenever he was in office, is probably the most prominent example, although he is far from the only. But uh, you may ask yourself, why would people do something like this? It's because fake news allows anyone who utilizes it the ability to blame and demonize the media as a way to deflect blame from things that would cast them in a poor light. At the end of the day, the purpose of journalism is to report what is going on in the world in an unbiased manner. They have no real incentive to say something inaccurate. On the other hand, politicians have ample reason to lie or fabricate in order to help their cause. That's why it's so vital to trust reputable news sources over politicians. Thank you, Tanner. Our next guest is Move writer Emma Flannery to discuss her upcoming article about the recent events surrounding streaming site Spotify. First, can you talk to us through what's happening with Spotify and and the Joe Rogan podcast? Yeah, sure. So um, a little while ago, I believe a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, Neil Young, a very famous folk musician, released a letter basically saying that he was going to pull his entire music catalog from Spotify unless Spotify decided to get rid of Joe Rogan's podcast. Um, As a result, Spotify sided with Joe Rogan and they ended up uh, removing his catalog. Um, Several other very famous uh, musicians have also followed suit with that, most notably Joni Mitchell. Um, And it's created a real conversation about censorship and free speech. What is your opinion on the actions of artists like Joni Mitchell and Neil Young? You know, I think that they should be able to do whatever they want to do. If they feel that they don't want to be on a platform that 
has opinions like Joe Rogan's represented there, that's completely fine. And that's completely within their rights. And I think, you know, most importantly, I do think that it's, it's a very vital conversation that we need to be having with ourselves of what media are we consuming? And should that media and should those opinions that are, you know, considered maybe not mainstream opinions, should those be put on a platform like Spotify? I mean, Joe Rogan has 11 million listeners. That's significant. So is getting rid of that podcast, is that really the solution here? Or is there another way that we can deal with this misinformation that doesn't necessarily not have his podcast on Spotify? How do you feel about how Spotify handled the situation? Well, I think that it's it's interesting because I think for me, I'm a huge Neil Young fan. I love Joni Mitchell. So I was devastated when they decided to take those artists off. And I think that both, both of them raised extremely valid points. And a lot of them mirrored conversations that I've been having with myself, my family, and my friends. But I think at the end of the day, this decision really signals that Spotify is a business. It's a music business and it's in the music industry, but it's a business first. Joe Rogan brings in 11 million listeners, and that is huge. If they were to take Joe Rogan off of their streaming services, that would cause a huge dent in their viewership. I think it would cause a huge loss of revenue for them. And, you know, and it's up to them if they wanted to choose that revenue over artists like Neil Young and Joni Mitchell. And clearly they chose that revenue. What are your thoughts on Spotify adding misinformation warnings before podcasts such as Joe Rogan? Do you think it's warranted? Yes, um, I think that there's nothing wrong with having an opinion um, or believing in something that may not be quote unquote represented in mainstream media. Um, I think that that's something that happens in a pluralistic world like the one that we're living in. And it happens with the Internet as well. Um, But I think the danger in having that is presenting those opinions as fact and not having any other sort of expert or any other way of viewing that information. I think that's when it gets really dangerous. So if you're somebody who is saying, oh, well, I think hydroxychloroquine might be an effective way to fight against COVID and that there's no other representation of Actually, there are multiple studies that show that that is not true. I think that's when it becomes very dangerous. So I think it's smart for Spotify to put that warning label on there so that people know that this is a conversation that many people are having, but there are more reputable sources that you should be checking with before making such major health decisions. In your opinion, how should Spotify users react to this situation? Um, You know, I think that (laughs) for me personally, it's been very tough because like I said, I love both of those artists. Um, My playlists have taken a massive hit um, in the past few days. I think that if people choose to not continue to listen to Spotify, that is completely, I completely understand that. Um, I think that unfortunately, it's going to take a lot more than just Joni Mitchell and Neil Young making a decision like that. I think if you started talking about bigger artists that would cause a significant dent in Spotify's viewership um, and and listeners, I think that's when people would probably have more of a conversation of, oh, should I switch to Apple Music or Tidal or any other sort of streaming service? It's kind of like the whole Apple technology phenomenon. I think a lot of people recognize that maybe Apple products aren't the best, but it takes a lot for people to switch phones. And I think it's the same with a music streaming service like Spotify. They've developed a very loyal fan base. They've created 
a way of analyzing your music taste that is honestly unparalleled by other streaming services. And I think people are very loyal to that. Thank you, Emma. And thank you to everyone who's been listening along. Be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts and check back next week for another episode of the Maneater Digest. This podcast was edited by Anna Coletto. Special thanks to Tanner Smith and Emma Flannery. I'm Tess Howitz. We'll see you next week. <laughs>